It was a Friday night, and we'd spent all night eating junk food and playing video games. There were about eight of us over at my friend's house. We decided we would go out and ring people's doorbells and run away. So we did. We uh, found some extra toilet paper and went on a decorating spree. It was, it was just a great night. And then we got back to his house. It was uh, shortly before 1 a.m., and we remembered that Papa John's would still deliver pizzas. We were stuffed, but we also remembered that there were some girls that we had crushes on who were having a slumber party that night as well at a different location. And really unsure, being at the age of 12 or 13, of what to do with these newfound emotions and feelings, uh, we decided we would flirt with them by ordering pizzas to their house unannounced, uh, not paying for them. We didn't have credit cards or anything. <laughs> Uh, we would just have pizzas delivered to their house as a prank. And so we, we called up Papa John's, and we ordered like four pizzas, had them delivered to their house. And then came the hard part. Because we didn't get to see the reaction. We didn't have cars. There weren't like house cams you could hack into and, and, and watch. We had to wait two days until we would see them at church to find out what happened. It wasn't good. <laughs> she got grounded because her dad didn't believe her when she said she didn't order the pizzas. <laughs> Still some of my finest work. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but, but we had to wait two days to find out. And it's, it's that time where you're on the edge of your seat. Nowadays, you can't even order a pizza without paying for it because of people like me. And you... You would, you would know instantaneously because you'd be snapping them and you'd be, you'd be texting them. But we didn't have any of that. We had to wait for, for two days and then actually have a conversation with people to find out what happened. And I don't know if you've ever been there where you've seen something or, or you've done something and you know that there's going to be some kind of response, but you're not really sure what that response is going to be, or you've seen part of something and you need to know how this ends, but you don't know right away. It, it's, it's a fascinating feeling to kind of be caught in that scenario. And as we've been looking at the early church, as we've been going through the book of Acts, where we left off last week in the first part of Acts chapter 4, we saw Peter and John arrested. And they were arrested because they were telling people about the hope of Jesus. They were arrested because God supernaturally through them miraculously healed somebody who'd been crippled for over 40 years. And, and people saw this because people knew that man. And they saw the difference. They saw the change. And they, they wanted to know more. And Peter and John started talking about Jesus. And, and then they were arrested. As we looked at Acts chapter 4 went on, they were threatened. They were told, stop. Stop talking about Jesus. But there were other followers of Jesus there. They had friends who saw what was happening. What was going through their minds? What do you do when, when you have a friend and you, you've seen this encounter happen? You don't know what happens. That's where we're going to pick up the story today. If you have your phones or your tablets, I'd invite you to follow along with us. And the Bible app, it's a free resource that you can download in whatever app store you utilize. 
And once it's installed on your device, you can either enable your locations or type in zip code 54201 under the events feature within the Bible app, and there Lakeside Community Church will pop up, and you can follow along with us that way this morning. If you have a traditional Bible with you this morning, we're going to be in the New Testament book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. We're going to start this morning in verse 23. If you're joining us via the stream, thanks so much for watching. My name is Brian. I'm part of the team here at Lakeside, and the verses will be available for you on the screen below as we continue our journey through the early church, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. Jesus is risen. That's our hope. And Jesus says, go and tell this message to to your neighborhood, to your city, and then go across the region and then to the uttermost parts of the world and tell people about the hope that you have as a result of who I am and as a result of what I have done. Acts chapter 2, God sends the Holy Spirit down. He sends the Holy Spirit down to his followers and he indwells them. The Holy Spirit does the miraculous. They start speaking in tongues, speaking thousands of different languages and, and people from all across the world in Jerusalem hear the gospel presented in their native language. They give their hearts to God. Acts chapter 3, we see the miraculous of the the crippled man who is healed. And then Acts chapter 4 started, as we just said. Peter and, Peter and John are arrested for sharing the hope of the gospel, and they are told, stop. And that's where we pick up Acts chapter 4, verse 23. When they were released, Peter and John, they were released, because as we saw last week at, in, in Acts chapter 4, we saw that they just stood and said, hey, You can tell us to stop talking, but we're not going to stop talking. Jesus did this. Jesus is our hope. We are going to boldly proclaim the name of Jesus. And so many people saw what Jesus had done, and that they were following Jesus, that the ruler said, we can't stop this. So we've got to let them go. We're just going to threaten them. We're going to tell them to stop. But right now, we've got to let them go. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they are finally released from prison, and the first thing they do is they go to their friends, and they tell them what they have just encountered, what the elders had said to them. And and what I love about this is this picture of where do you go? Where do you go when something traumatizing happens? Where do you go when something amazing happens? And the picture that we see here in the church, the church operates this way, that you go to your friends, that you know you have people. You don't have to wonder. You know you have people. And that's what the church is it's all about. It's all about people who have a like-minded faith in following Jesus, coming together to worship and honor God, to love and serve each other and the community. This is what God has designed. And when they are released, they go to their friends. And if you have a number of friends in your life, you're like, well, of course they did. But if you've ever been in a situation, in a circumstance where you don't, and you feel lonely, and you feel isolated, you know how valuable this is. 
You know how, how it just changes your entire outlook of situations and scenarios when you aren't isolated and you aren't alone, when you know people are in your corner and you know people have your back and you know people love you and are concerned about you and they care about you. This changes your outlook entirely. And it's one of the reasons that things were so damaging for so long when, when, we, had to, when we had to shift so many things in our society is it led to isolation. And, and I'm not doing revisionist history. I'm not saying whether, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, everything that we went through. I'm just telling you the implications that this had. We saw an uptick in suicides. We saw an uptick in all kinds of, of mental crises because people were isolated and they were alone. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to walk through life like you're in a lockdown. He wants you to walk through life like you don't have anybody. And what God has invited us into is community. What God has invited us into is that we know at all times that people love us and support us and care about us, and they are here for us. This is a vital function of the church. This is a way that God designed it. And if you have that in your life, it's probably something that you just kind of take for granted. But if you don't, you know how vital this is. So they go to their friends and they report to them what they have been told and what has happened. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So their response, when they hear this message from their friends, their response is to go back to the Scriptures, to go back to the prophecy that's presented in the Scriptures, and to remember the power of God. That's their response. Community and what? To go back to the Scriptures and go back to remember the power of God. God. And this should be our response when life is chaotic, when life is out of control, when life isn't going well. This should be our response as well, that we huddle up, we huddle up with our people, we huddle up with our friends, we huddle up with people that we know have our back, who love us and care about us and support us. And what do we do? We bring it back to God. That we comfort people and we encourage people and sometimes we challenge people. But we always bring it back to God and we make one another stronger and better in the process. This is what community is all about. And when the chaos happens in our life, our response should be the very same thing. It is our goal and our desire that every person who calls Lakeside home knows that they are loved and they are valued by God first and foremost. And by us, secondly. That every person who walks in these doors recognizes I am loved here. That I matter and I have value. And I have worth. And we understand sometimes it can be intimidating. 
It can be intimidating sometimes to strike up a new conversation. It can be intimidating to meet new people. It, it, you know, all, all those things. It, it, can be a, it can be a difficult process. And so we try to do things to, to make that process easier. And one of the things that we try to do to, to make this easier is we have available online a directory. And, and some of you were in the directory 15 years ago, and you're like, oh, I'm still in there. No, you're not. And the reason you're not is because we recognize that information is sacred to people. Information is sacred to people. And we are not going to publish your information without your express written consent. And so if you haven't filled out a form to be on the online directory, you're like, ah, I'm, I'm grandfathered. You're not in. You're not in. And why that matters so much is if you've been around Lakeside for 10, 15 years, you know everybody. You're like, ah, it's fine. But now all of a sudden you're like, whoa, there's a lot of faces I, I don't recognize. And then you start to have a conversation with somebody. And that's a good thing. Until it's your fourth or fifth conversation, you're like, I really should know their name, but it's way too awkward to ask it now. And so you're like, hey, uh, Brian, what's their name? I'm like, you know, I really should know their name, but it's way too awkward for me to ask it now. Let's go with pal. You know, it's hard, like, hard to offend somebody with pal. We'll just stick with pal. Uh, you know, so, so that's one thing. Another thing is, is if you choose, you can, you can put your address in. So, so as we're trying to attract people from all across our region with the hope of Jesus, we can, we can kind of, you can kind of key in on, hey, here are people in my neighborhood or, or here are people in, in, in my area. Maybe we can connect. So I, I can't encourage you enough. If you're not in there, do that. And, and, and one of the reasons we say this is because Community requires connection. It requires connection. And, and that doesn't mean that everybody at Lakeside has to be your best friend. But it does mean that God has called us to more than, than just being seated next to each other. And that we are, we are called to love and support and encourage each other and help each other along the way. That's how God designed this thing. So that when the hard times come, and when the chaos comes in your life, and when you find yourself in circumstances and situations that aren't fun and aren't ideal, that you know, hey, I got people I can go back to. And I've got people that are going to help me recenter. They're going to encourage me. They're going to bless me. Sometimes they're even going to challenge me. Just be because they love me. And our response when life gets chaotic needs to be that. And now, Lord, verse 29 says, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They say, God... Help us, help us, God, continue to serve you while you continue to work. We recognize it isn't always going to be easy. But God, help us, especially in those moments, continue to serve you while you continue to work through us. That is their prayer. May we echo that same prayer. 
God, work through us. Work through us in a powerful way. Work through us in a big way. And may we be faithful when you give us opportunities. May we serve you. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They pray, God, help us. Help us work through us, God. Help us as you continue to work through us. And God reassures them. And he supernaturally shakes the place. And they continue. They continue to speak out. They continue to share the hope of Jesus. And they do so with with all boldness. And what happens? What happens? Well, we're told. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. They pray, God, work through us. God shows up supernaturally. They are reassured. They boldly go out and live and proclaim the name of Jesus. And what do we see as the result? That they're unified. They are unified. They are of one heart and they are of one soul. And remember, remember this. That all of these these people following Jesus of one heart and of one soul Remember Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, miraculously speaking in tongues, which means all of these people have different backgrounds and ethnicities and customs. And they're all together. All the things that, that would divide us, all the things that we would say are different about us. They aren't the focus here. The focus is people united in the cause of following after Jesus. That is what their attention's on. That is their focus. And great grace is placed upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And what we see here is everybody's unified, and we just see irrational generosity. Irrational generosity. The people are so committed to the cause of Jesus and so committed to one another that where they have a means to help each other, they are helping one another so that no one has need. So that no one has need. There's this beautiful picture of people pulling their resources together to help one another out. And Then we get to Acts chapter 5. And we've just seen this beautiful picture of Acts chapter 4. But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. 
And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, Ananias and Sapphira, they see what's going on. They see what's going on, and they're like, hey, this, this, this is something we should be part of. And they hear about what Barnabas has done. Everybody knows what Barnabas has done. I mean, Barnabas just got an honorable mention. And, and if you're getting an honorable mention in the letter, everybody in the community absolutely knows what's going on. So they hear what has gone on, and Ananias and Sapphira, they decide, hey, we're going to do something too. They want to do something too. And so they go out, and they sell a piece of property. And they come, and they lay part of the money at the apostles' feet. Crazy generous. It was their property. They weren't compelled to do this. They see what's going on, and they decide, hey, we're going we're gonna to sell the piece of property, and we're going to come, and we're going to lay the money at the apostles' feet. And then we get to verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. And here we see a principle that is foundational. And it's this. That God cares more about the intent than He does the amount. God cares more about your intent than He does your amount. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had a piece of property and I sold it, and then I was going to cut a check to Lakeside, part of the proceeds of that, I would be a little bit offended if after cutting that check to the church, one of the elders came up to me and said, hey, Brian, why's the devil in your heart? I'd be like, excuse me? Did you cash that check? I'll take it back. Like, talk about a horrible, a horrible strategy for, for helping donors. Hey, thanks for what you've given, Satan. Like, what is going on here? And if, if we just look at this, we, we could be like, how ungrateful. How ungrateful is Peter? And then we might think, well, it's Peter. I mean, this guy, he's always been an idiot. I mean, he has said some really stupid things, but this one takes the cake. Guilting a guy over what he gives. We might say, wasn't he still being generous? I mean, he didn't give it all, but wasn't he, wasn't he still being generous? But we know that's not the case. 
And the reason we know that's not the case is because Peter goes out of his way to tell Ananias, hey, it was your field. It was your field. You didn't have to sell it. And it was your money after you sold the field. You didn't have to give it. So what we have here is a picture and an example of someone whose motives were entirely wrong. It's not that God wasn't grateful or appreciative that Ananias and Sapphira were supporting the work. It's that the motives of Ananias and Sapphira were never pure. They saw what happened when Barnabas had given. And they want to appear in everyone's minds to be incredibly generous. And that's the problem. It's all about the appearance and not about the act. It's why God cares more. God cares more about the intent than he does the amount. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. How much does God care about our motives? Well, Ananias, you had a good one. He gone. And some of you right now are like, that settles it. I'm never cutting a check to Lakeside again. Like, I just, woohoo, not taking that risk. (laughs) I know a way to avoid that fate. Just not give. But this is how seriously God takes our motives. This is how seriously they matter to God. That it's God's fame that is is to be presented. That God is the one who is worthy of the praise. Never us. it's, It's not that, hey, Ananias and Sapphira, you didn't give enough. No, it's that, hey, Ananias and Sapphira, you want a party for what you've done, but the problem is it's not about you. The work of God is never about the individual. And you want the attention, and you want the praise, and you want the focus. Their motives are entirely wrong. And after an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. They give her a chance at redemption. She doesn't take it. And Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, 
The feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Now, you might be asking yourself right now, why? If we just take this at the surface, if we take this, we, we might be thinking, well, God's really ungrateful. God is really ungrateful. Here were people, they had a piece of property, they sold it, they gave a portion of, of what, what they garnered in their sale back to God, and God strikes them dead for it. God, you're really ungrateful. That's what we take away from this. We miss it entirely. Because what we see in Acts chapter 4 is we see the church totally unified. Totally of one mind. Filled with grace. Helping each other along the way. People being crazy generous to make all of this happen and all this possible. And then we get to Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. And we see two people that wanted it to be all about them. They wanted the accolades. They wanted the praise. They wanted the attention. They wanted the focus. And that's not how this works. Because God is the only one worthy of our worship. God is the one who must be the focus. God is the one who deserves the praise. And this is the reminder for us right here. That God wants to do incredible things through us. God wants to accomplish incredible things. But we have to make sure in the process that it's about his fame and not our own legacy because he is the only one worthy of honor and worship. So, what do we do with all this? Well, as Lakeside, we recognize, first and foremost, the community that God has called the church to be. That we are called to be there to support and love and serve one another. That we are people who are united. We're united in the fact that we have a common faith in Jesus. And we are here to help each other along the way. 
next is let's make sure that we're actually living this. That we are part of community. That we are engaged. If you're new to Lakeside, welcome. We love the fact that you are here. And we hope this is a place where you will come, come together alongside of us. And God will work and, and just through you and in you that you would find ministry here and a mission outside of here. That's our hope and our prayer. But that we would be the community that continues to love and support people. That when people have needs, we are able to help with those needs. And because of your generosity, we're able to do that. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. But at Lakeside, know this. It's about the name Jesus. It isn't, it isn't about an individual. It isn't about a personality. It's about the fame of God. And our hope and our prayer is that His name would be glorified and His name would be magnified. And when people think of Lakeside, they might think of you. They might think of me. They might think of other people on the team. But ultimately, the greatest thought that comes to their mind is Jesus. Because it's all about Him. And we are a place that exists to help people in their pursuit of Him. Whether they're far from a relationship with God or whether they've been following God for 60 years. To move closer and closer to Him. That's why we exist. And it's our hope and our prayer that we can come alongside of you in your individual journey and as a community help you grow closer to him. God, I pray that you would be honored and glorified, that your name would be magnified in this place and through this church across this region. God, I pray that our motives would be pure. It's not about legacies. It's not about personalities. It's all about you and all about your fame. God, I pray for the person that's here and that doesn't feel like they have the connection. They, they don't feel like they have the community in their life that they desire. And I pray, God, you would intentionally bring people into their path who would change that so that every person that calls Lakeside home would know that they are loved by you first and foremost, and they are loved by others. I pray that this would be a place where people are introduced to hope, the hope that comes through a relationship with you. I pray that this would be a place where people are encouraged when life is hard. I pray for the people that are right there today where life is challenging and they find themselves in an uncertain circumstance or an uncertain scenario. And I pray, God, right now, 
you would remind them that none of this catches you by surprise and that you are in control. Work in their story, work in their situation. I pray, God, those same people would know that they have people around them who love them and care for them. that no one that calls Lakeside home would feel isolated and alone. God, we pray that you would magnify your name. We pray that your fame would just be glorified in this place and across this region. Use us, Jesus, in a big way, we ask. Him.